Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 155. Hey, Matt's here with B-Pimp. B-Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going great. Number 55, um, White Chocolate, Jason Williams. Oh, man. A player I kind of forgot about, I'm going to be honest. But, psych, Dikembe Matumbo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do, honestly, I do like Jason Williams. He was great, but I can't. Dikembe was too no. I can't. I can't do that to him. You got it. Let me try that voice again because it was actually too high. No, 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 no. There we go. Nope. I do love the commercial where he's like rejecting a box of cereal in a grocery cart. That was one of the few like, like very obvious things like that where I was just like, "That's perfect. That's amazing." All right, here's a question for you: If you were imagine to imagine a person who is the very opposite of Dikembe Mutombo, who would you say that is? <laughs> Should I know this? Well, I bring this up because I think it transitions into our topic for today. Oh, I would say one option for the opposite of Dikembe Mutombo is Danny DeVito. Hey, hey there you go. Perfect. Uh, although both have acted in commercials, but that is what we're covering for our top five for this episode. We're going to be talking about our top five favorite Danny DeVito roles. And when I was going through this, I'm super happy we th this is what we picked to do because he's done so many different things. It's always fun when an actor uh, or an actress has done like movies, but also television and also other random things. There was a lot to go through. Danny DeVito is has an even more epic career than I realized. Oh, yeah, he's been he's I realized he was two years older than my dad. Wow. Shocked me. And then I was like, wow, he's been acting for so long. He's been, he's done a lot of stuff. He's so good. He's the man. Yeah. So we'll come back to that. We're going to be talking again, top five Danny DeVito roles. Before we start, I want to talk a little bit about beer because I've got a beer that I'm drinking uh, for this episode. This is a Velvet Glow by our favorite local brewery, Russian River, which I know you and Lisa have been to. Yep. That's a cool uh, bottle. A fine, fine beer. It is a pale dry, as they call it. And B-Pimp, you had mentioned earlier that you just went to beer class yourself. Yeah, and actually, you know what's great for a transition on a podcast? My beer and my whiskey are from the same place. Whoa. Yeah. Earth. <laughs> Earth, yes. Wow. Yeah. No, from, from Pollyanna in Lamont, Illinois. Lamont. Great oh, yeah. Great city of Lamont. And uh, we went to beer school with Jason, who's the he, he's a bartender there. And he was doing a um, master's in history. And he wrote his his thesis about the history of beer in Chicago and then was starting to, like, tell people at work about it. And they're like, you should do this for a, a beer class. And that was last spring. We went to the first one and we still go. Um, today, uh, the one we went to most recently was uh, Hefeweizen class, which was very interesting. Ooh, I like it. I love Hefeweizens. I would want to know more about them. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing that I found interesting is that literally there, there's all these different wheat beers. You'll see like a, a Vit beer or a Hefeweizen, like all the different ones. They're all just wheat beers, but they use slightly different proportions of wheat when they make them. So that's a, it's just like the little tinkering with that wheat 
percentage is what makes all of them taste so different. So I found that very interesting. Uh, how often are they doing these classes? He does. Uh, he's got another one in March and April already lined up. So they try to do a monthly, but uh, we we've only gone to in the year he's done them. We've gone to like probably six or seven, I would say. Whoa. Mm-hmm. What's was there a type of beer that gave you the best fun fact or the thing that you didn't expect the most? Yeah, I would say it was this kind of a cheating answer because it was the only class he did that wasn't specific to a style, but although it ended up being kind of, um, he did a Chicago beer history one where he did, he ended up basically telling us a lot about like Paps Blue Ribbon and all the ones that like were, came out of the original like German uh, settlements in Chicago and stuff, but it was really about just kind of the history and like how immigrants kind of German immigrants got um, like discriminated against and basically like told you just can't make your beer because we don't want to sell that kind of thing. And then that's, that's what kind of led to a lot of the Chicago, um, the notoriety for making different styles of beers out of like that law period that they had to go through. So it's kind of curious, kind of interesting. Definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, those sound like awesome classes. Yeah, it's a good, nice perk. We're in this little like mug club there, and it's just a perk of that. Basically, it's pretty cool. Well, if people haven't yet, check out Pollyanna in Lamont mm-hmm. uh, against the wonderful Calumet River. Well, it's a great, it's a beautiful area. Yeah, I know it really is. Uh, okay, it's the whiskey sessions. What whiskey beef hemp do you have for this app? I've got the. Pollyanna Brewing, formerly Pollyanna Brewing, now Pollyanna Brewing and Distilling because they made this their first bourbon, which is an exception. It's not the Christopher Nolan movie. It's a bourbon now. And it's 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. They don't have a lot of uh, actually any like narrative writing or anything, but this is the third batch. Wow. Um. And it's distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and then bottled by Pollyanna in St. Charles. All right. I'm curious. It, it might be, maybe I'm not seeing color particularly well. For some reason, it looks a little reddish. Yeah, I can see that. It, I may, it might also be the sun over here. Could be that. Playing tricks, but as far as I know, it's a pretty straightforward take on an American bourbon. And we'll see. Are you drinking it neat? You're drinking it on the rocks? I've got rocks glass all right some rocks in it let me make sure there's not a lot of water in here professional move there definitely you don't want that watered down taste what do you think it looks kind of light again i think the sun is messing with there we go that's a more it does look pretty light though yeah. definitely the red. i'm not seeing the red anymore i'm seeing almost more yellow and lighter than i thought yep Let's see. I got to do a proper here. This is a big deal because I, we've, Lisa and I have both become big fans of Pollyanna. I probably talked about it before, but as a uh, member of the Democratic Socialists of America, I'm very big into labor in this country. And I think that I respect a place that Pollyanna, as they've grown, they've added, they've put money back into the location to make it more fun to experience. And they always have an abundance of staff working. So you never have to wait for anything. They're not cheaping out. They're paying employees. They're putting people to work. 
and they're doing it the right way. So I have to respect Pollyanna for that. I will say when I go to a restaurant now, especially like fast food restaurants or restaurants in airports, if they have me order via a computer screen, I'm out. I'm leaving. Yeah. All chain restaurants in America should know that right now. If that's how you have me order, I will not go to your establishment. You're not, you're losing a customer. He's putting you on notice. Don't do that. Nope. We got to support our fellow workers. So that's a long way to say, look at this beautiful caramely bourbon that I have here. (laughs) Now, if you do find that you don't actually like it and you give it the boot, are you allowed to go back for the beer classes? Yeah, I think I, I think I'll make an exception and still continue to patronize them. Um, but I do, I, I honestly do have high hopes because it's a, it's a cool place and it's their beer, like every style of beer that I've tried that they've made, I've liked it. So I have a, a reason to believe that they would make a good whiskey too. Let's just put it that way. Let's see if that reason is founded. So I'm expecting a 90 proof bourbon should have like a nice sweetness. And we've had a lot of experience with that. Let's see. Sitting with it. Pondering it. The nose, the smell I had was what I expected, which is a little sweet. You can pick out the corn and like that sweet smell for a bourbon. And the taste kind of followed the first sip I had. It's very, uh, it was a smooth first sip. It has that that sweetness up front in the taste. Didn't get a lot of like secondary or like layered flavors. I didn't pick up on anything else, but it was very pleasant. Gotta go back for another one here. Yeah. A lot to think about. It's always interesting to see if the second sip is gonna confirm that first sip, go against that first sip. What's it gonna be? I'm thinking it's confirming it for me because it was more, I was able to pick out more of what I liked up front with the sweet taste. There's also a nice, it's almost like a, uh, I don't like to use the term mouthfeel because I feel like everybody just says that because it sounds like you know what you're talking about, but like it has a nice coating. It's not thin, you know, it's like, it has some substance to it. A um, nice mouthfeel, if you will. Exactly. Like it's where else are you feeling this? It's hey, even <laughs> where I put the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it's still, it's doing what I want out of a bourbon that, especially for being like a 90 proof and you could see by the color, it's like a, it's a light color. It's not, there's no crazy other taste that they're advertising or anything. Yeah. If you pour some directly in your hand, does it have a good hand feel? I'm not going to do it, but I would imagine that it would. If you snort it a little bit, good nose. Probably not a good nose feel. That would not probably be. a terrible nose feel. A terrible nose feel. Yet again, whiskey. Yeah. Awful nose feel. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this feels like a smooth train because Pollyanna made a very good first bourbon. There we go. Way to go, Pollyanna. Go ahead, folks at home, and get that. I, and again, if you are in the Chicagoland area. You should be visiting Pollyanna uh, in Lamont, taking a beer class, hanging out, and being well attended to by the staff. And you can come up to Roselle. There's another location nearer to us in Roselle you can hang out at. And there's a third one in St. Charles that I haven't been to. But the other thing 
they have a hundred and ten proof version of that same bourbon, which I have yet to try. So I'm going to get that for another. Whoa. I'm curious to see how that is, but it sounds like if you're the Southwest suburbs, the Northwest suburbs, or just the Western suburbs, you are covered. You're covered. Cool. All right. Way to go, Pollyanna. Uh, we have got to go back to uh, cover our, our uh, guest of honor. We've had other, like our John C. Riley episode is probably one of our most famous episodes. Weirdly, I think is, if not our most listened to episode, one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah. We've done this with John C. Riley. We've done it with Jeff Bridges. And now with Danny DeVito, we are talking about his five, our five most favorite roles of his. Yeah. Without spoiling it, when you think of Danny DeVito, is there a specific role that just comes to mind automatically, even if it's not your favorite? Yes. And it would be a spoiler. So I'm, I'm going to say, right. there. but there is, there's one, no, there's one, but my general feeling of him is I just always think Danny DeVito is great. So I immediately get happy when I think of Danny DeVito, because I know I'm in for a treat, no matter what he's in, he's yeah. going to bring something happy and positive to that role. So Definitely. Uh, every role that Danny DeVito is in, uh, he, I imagine him as happy and positive. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Without, uh, any more squandering, wonderful time to talk about Danny DeVito roles. Let's do it. These are our top five Danny DeVito roles. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. My number five is a real stupid one and it's not even true, but I just wanted to add it to this list because I thought it's hilarious and I've only noticed it in the last few months, but Danny DeVito's Jersey Mike's sub commercials. <laughs> oh yeah. Those are great there. I will say he's like committed to them. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Talking about your cheesesteak sub that is still, uh, you can hear the sizzle of the grill. They are, I don't know. There's, I honestly, I don't think I've ever had Jersey Mike's in my life. And I don't even know if there's any locations around here, but he's committed to it. And I'm going to give Danny DeVito credit for that. I'm putting it number five. I couldn't decide what number five was. I'm giving it to Jersey Mike's. <laughs> I'm already, that's already an amazing surprise for this list. <laughs> don't tell me it's a double dip. What's your number five? No, that would have been, that would have been, we would have had to end it if that was the case. Yeah. Um, my number five is Vincent Benedict from Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I will say this should have been a double dip because Twins was my first cut. I love that movie. Oh, it's so great. Him and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is underrated for his comedy turns. He I is. I also forget how much Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger have worked together. Yeah. It's not the only time. Junior. Yeah. Classic. That, uh, Stretch of late eighties to mid nineties. Mm -hmm. That is the duo. They were the power couple of Hollywood. They really were. All right. My number four is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Fully perfectly unhinged Danny DeVito. Oh God. I can tell he just l loves being on that show. It's something else to see. There's an episode where he's like off the deep end. He takes them to a, funeral and tells them it's like a party in the park mm -hmm. and he, there's a quote where he, he's walking down the street chugging a beer and burping and then he's like lock the wind i'm gonna roast this bone 
He's trying to light it short. I'm just like, Danny DeVito's having a great time. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, a perfect role for him. And it seems like he can kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's, he's, it's great. Fantastic. All right. What's your number four? My number four is his role in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as Martini. Well, that's a double dip, my friend, because that's my number three. Yes. You know, it's crazy. I just I've watched this movie a couple of times in the last couple of years, but I had never seen it before that. And when I first watched it, I didn't even know that was Danny DeVito, which is crazy that I didn't put that together because he was, you know, four foot ten or whatever. And it's like, who else would that be? <laughs> he just looks so different to me. Yeah, it was totally. He's, it's like a iconic role. He makes that movie in my in a lot of ways. He really does. Uh, it's definitely like an ensemble cast. I mean, Jack Nicholson's great. Mm-hmm. Nurse yeah. Ratchet. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, I forgot. Oh, well, uh, Clarice sorry. Leachman. Yeah. No, yes. no, I believe it's Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, Danny DeVito is great in that. The whole cast is great, but he really brings that ensemble together. Yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic movie too. Although I also remember that when I was like a, I was like 12 or 13, I watched it and I had like my first existential crisis. I feel like watching one for the cuckoo's nest. So be prepared. It's a little heady. It really is. And I could see that as like that age, that'd be almost a tough time to watch that movie. Yeah. In my thirties, I watched that movie. I'm like, these people are having a grand old time. <laughs> lobotomy don't mind if i do yeah i'll sign up for that yeah uh all right we are flying through this what's your number three then then my number three is oswald cobblepot slash the penguin in batman returns good god a double double dip yes number two (laughs) i I thought we might have this for this episode i love it He, he does a great job in that in that He's movie so good in that and so repulsive like perfectly repulsive yes nailed it and him and christopher walken are such a good duo in that movie too that movie overall is just great i don't care what anybody says that's a great movie between them two and uh going back to michelle pfeiffer <laughs> yes <laughs> this is a michelle pfeiffer podcast <laughs> yeah She's fantastic as Catwoman. That is a great movie. I actually am now feeling like I want to watch that movie tonight. I watched it within the last six months and enjoyed it quite a bit. Great. I probably haven't seen it in five years, so I definitely want to. It's on HBO Max. Oh, sold. Yep. I watched the uh, about half of the Bond movies are on HBO Max right now, and I watched The Living Daylights last night. I I, I watched that last week. No way. Ah. It was the first time I had seen that movie once before, I think, but this time I actually understood the plot. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's like, if you're not fully committed right off the bat, it's hard to get into that. Oh yeah. If you kind of just float over the first 30 minutes, you're lost. Yep. You're it's lost. just like, okay, this is a spy movie now, but a generic yeah. spy movie. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, okay. So that was my number two. Now we're to your number two. 
My number two is not a double dip because you already mentioned it. It's Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And that's a show I'm going to say more. Normally with a double dip, I don't go on. But I think that role is good enough that it deserves more commentary because I think that like that show going back. I'm a fan of that show. I didn't stick with it after. I don't know. I would say maybe like six or seven seasons. Like I watched those and I really think they're great. But I just, I mean, it's still going and I just can't stick with the show that long. So I've just, I've been out for a while, but when he joined, it took it to another level. Like after the first season, when he joined, it was just like, oh, now this is like something. There's something going on with this. Yeah. He, uh, it's not like the first season was bad or anything, but Mm -mm. retrospect, it feels incomplete. Yeah. You need that crazy energy that he has in that show. Which... I would say I feel like I would be surprised if your number, if our number ones are not the same, maybe they're not. I guess it's possible they're not, but I hope they are because I feel very strongly about my number one. Okay. My number one to me is we, we talked we joked, we joked about Danny DeVito's positivity and happiness. This role is, is not that it is. I think just, how Danny DeVito really made his name. It's the most quintessential Danny DeVito he could ever be. He is so funny. He makes the show apologies to Judd Hirsch and Andy Kaufman, but uh, Danny DeVito as Louie in taxi. Double dip. I knew it. Could it not be? This book is sitting right in front of me. Whoa. I'm curious about that. I need to read it. Yeah, Hailing Taxi. It's a basically an episode guide for Taxi. One of my favorite shows. Louis De Palma. He's so good. You know what I realized going back on that show? I like I like Judd Hirsch a lot, but uh, he plays his character actually more straight than I realized. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's an excellent actor. I think he's critical to that show, but it, it is also kind of off. Yeah, but well, all that's to say is not like like that doesn't work. But then the reason the show works is just Danny DeVito's energy, things that they wouldn't do anymore. Like even so much of like Danny DeVito's screen time is behind a, uh, what would you call that? Like wire. The the cage. Yeah. He's like, he runs a cab depot basically. Yeah. They would, um, the dispatch office, they would never film anything like that anymore. Cause it's like, well, you're obscuring what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's so good in that. Like every dollar that he tries to make, he's so witty and harsh. Yeah. Perfect. But the, but what makes that, what makes it so great is like, he's awful, but then they also, because that show was written so well, in my opinion, like they make the, all of their characters, but they make him especially like sad in a way and then also like endearing sometimes but then mostly like repulsive but there's so much to it overall that just makes when he's tearing people down you can laugh without any reservation because it's like oh yeah we also saw that like he lives with his mom and like things like that they're trying to show you like this is a guy who's like has all this different types of things going on with him and that's why he's lashing out at everybody all the time yeah I love uh, 
him realizing he's the only person in the office and then crooning, grabbing the microphone. (laughs) Also, Danny DeVita has some, maybe not outstanding, but decent pipes. Oh, yeah. He's an old, he's a talented man. He really, really is. And uh, I'm glad, well, I'm glad that's our double dip. I'm glad we had three double dips, which would make you think it's obvious what Danny DeVito's greatest roles are. But Danny DeVito has lots of great roles. Yeah. Did you have any honorable mentions? I purposely didn't because I, when I made my list, I landed with a bullet on number five. and was just like, I'm done. But I know there is more that I've appreciated for Danny DeVito. I just didn't list anymore. Yeah. I, I did want to bring up, uh, of course, the other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, well, well, I'll take that back. I had twins on my, my honorable mentions. That was number six. Uh, he was also in junior. He was in man on the moon. Um, oh yeah. He, Throw a mama from the train. Yeah. He was, uh, one of the suitors in, in terms of endearment, which I thought was very funny. He's the carnival barker slash owner, uh, in big fish, which is great. Oh yeah. Uh, he's in get shorty. He also has. I think a memorable, it's basically a cameo, uh, but in the first scene of Reno 911 Miami, <laughs> which, which has great cameos from Danny DeVito and The Rock, uh, mm-hmm. but the dream sequence at the beginning. That movie is actually pretty good, too. Overall. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, if people haven't seen Reno 911 Miami, I think you got to see it. It is... Uh, Definitely a comedy that like gave me more laugh out loud moments than a lot of other comedies. Yes. I appreciate those. You know, for his day of work puts it in. Yep. I love, I like, I also like him too, because he's a person I feel no guilt about. Like he just seems like somebody who has a sense of humor about himself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I can fully be like, this is a great person to, you know, follow their career and enjoy them. So definitely great. Um, Okay. Folks at home who love them some Danny DeVito. Maybe we forgot about a role. Maybe there's a role that we need to check out that we haven't yet. Go ahead and hit us up at whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. We'll check out your email. We'll even read it on a future episode, but we got to get to your emails for this episode. So let's do it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them. All right, what do we got in the old email inbox? I got an unsigned email from a coward that says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, I work for Southern Comfort, and I just figured out how to use email. Why do you guys hate us so much? Wow. I really like the way you opened that read. I have an unsigned email from a coward. <laughs> yeah. You said it so factually, it couldn't be questioned. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just, that's what it is. That's the situation. That's all it is. I, does everyone who works for Southern Comfort, is everyone who works for them a coward? I don't know, but I'm also puzzled by the fact that they're just learning email if they work for Southern Comfort. Like, unless you're working, unless you're like one of the people that came up with the recipe, wouldn't you have to be on the email train to work there? I would think so. In fact, I would expect email is maybe the only thing they know because they don't know how to make anything that is drinkable. And they constantly have to respond to all the complaints. Yeah, I would think that is a hundred percent on that one. I don't know what else to say to Southern Comfort. If they decide to make something good, I will try it, and we can give it the boot. 
Yeah, if you decide to ever make a good product, just send it to us for free. We'll review it fairly. Yep. And then you can pay for us to like go on site across the country and record episodes to make good for the shit that we had to drink that one episode before. Yeah, I uh, I still have a bad taste in my mouth. And that was literally five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, it's the taste that never leaves you. No, it really doesn't. Uh, all right. Thanks for the email, jerk. Uh, next on the list, it says, hello. Why is the snooze button on an alarm always nine minutes? And if you could change it, would you make it shorter or longer? Inquiring minds need to know. This is from Sal in Duluth, Minnesota. That is a great question because I was thinking about that today. Because I used my snooze today and I was like, why is it like that? I have one of my Fitbit. Yeah, it basically is always nine minutes. But it begs the question, maybe nine minutes is the right amount of time. Yeah, but why? Yeah, I, I don't know. If you were to change it, though, would you make it shorter or longer? I would want, I feel like it depends. I want a weekend and a weekday version. On the weekend, I might want 20 minutes. And the weekday, I might want five minutes. Who five minutes would be rough. But I, I like where your mind's at. I think I would want a, a little difference there as well. Yeah, just because it's like, yeah, I'd like to get up at a good, decent time versus I have to be up to do something. I feel like that's a difference. Yeah, it definitely is. I would say, and I just say that as like a parent of two little kids whose weekdays and weekends really aren't that different because their kids just won't stop getting up too early. <laughs> but I would like 11 minutes. That's a good number. Yeah, I would like... Uh, I think 11 would sit well with me. I think 11 would be good. That's also Detlef Shrimp's number. So that's. It is. I have uh, uh, a great email. Again, folks at home, if you uh, would like us to read your email on a future episode, all you have to do is send it in to us at whiskey with an E sessions with not the way I heard it there. <laughs> Music at gmail.com. <laughs> how, many pauses can, how many pauses can be fit in an email address? That's our yeah. <laughs> it's a very long email address. <laughs> so yeah, whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. We'll read your email on a future episode. But B Pimp, you got any words of wisdom to leave our wonderful listeners with? Southern Comfort should hire fewer cowards. I agree with that hundred percent. But they're not going to do it because they're Southern comfort. They're comfortable and they're cowardice. <laughs> That's the tagline. Yeah. The new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> comfortable in our cowardice. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Until next time, this is Amen saying peace out. And you can say and see you later. Yeah.